Welcome to Incubator by Planet Ant Podcasts. My name is Mike McGettigan, executive producer of the network. At Planet Ant, we pride ourselves on exploring new talent and bringing new voices to the stage. So we're bringing that to the world of podcasting. We'll regularly feature six-episode short-run series commissioned exclusively for the Incubator podcast. Some of these might become full-run podcasts of their own, and some might just stay within what we're doing here. Incubator, stick around. You might like what's next. We can start out by singing the theme song so that Wagner can imagine it. You ready? Oh, okay, yeah, let's, okay, this is the beginning of the show. It's a win-win situation with with games and interviews. It's a win-win situation and stuff's gonna happen today. To you. To you. It's a win-win situation with games and interviews. Every win-win situation is fun. This is Yvonne, and who are you? I'm Joe. Joe, who do we have with us today? Why uh, don't we ask him? Hey, who are you? I'm Wagner. What, what the hell are you? What's, Va- what's Wagner? Actually, I know. I know. Wagner Mendonca. Am I saying your middle name correctly? No, you're not. Uh, can, you, <laughs> can you state your full name and what you do? Wagner Mendonca Whitehead. I am an artist, I'm a professor, and I'm a, the director of the School of Visual Arts at Penn State University. Can I have a disclaimer? Sure. Yes. Nothing that I will say on the air today represents Penn State, the School of Visual Arts, or any other affiliation that I may have. This is plainly me being me. That's not what your signed waiver says, but okay, all right. I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hopefully, I'm hoping this will be so obscure, nobody will ever see it. Well, we're, we're here to have fun. And I we'll, think there's a good chance of we'll, that. We'll go easy on you. We're just... Watch what becomes famous, you know? <laughs> we're just, we just wanted to get to know you, and um, I also noticed that you are on the New Media Caucus. What is that all about? Uh, I am, but I'm not anymore. The New Media Caucus is an organization that uh, brings together artists and educators that use new media technologies in the arts. I'm sort of like an, uh, um, what do you call it? I'm like a, a emeritus president. I, I was in that organization really active maybe like five years ago for about 10 years. And now I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. But um, But I'm still like related to it in terms of being friends and being a member. But um, it's a real cool group. It's mostly... Um, it's pretty international. I think there are like 1,500 members worldwide, but most of them live in the U.S. or, or Canada. And they're just a bunch of, you would love them. They're a bunch of like super nerdy artists. Cool. Well, caucus makes it sound really important. It makes it sound very official and important. Yes, or kinky, depending or on... Or kinky. The co- <laughs> and the new media part makes me think about when I'm in a museum and there's one of those little half-dome speakers overhead and then you walk under it and you hear just under the speaker. Yeah, there's some of that, too. Those are pretty awesome, actually, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, little directional uh, dome things. So we'll need this this for later on in the show. Um, You'll find out why later. But I want you to give us one one adjective, one noun, uh, another noun. So actually give us two nouns. And then one adjective noun. So one adjective. Fuck, 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 fuck. I mean, that could fill all, out the categories. All of them? Okay. No, one, no, no, no. I can, I can oh, say no, something. Oh, no, no, okay. All right. No, that's cool. One adjective could be um, 
great. Great. That's a great. It's great. It's great. Great. That's a good one. Ne a noun would be a monkey. I don't know. Monkey. Great. Great monkey. Great monkey. And number three uh, is an, a noun. We need another noun. Uh, let's see. Snow. Snow. Great monkey snow. And then we need an adjective noun. Like, what is that? Like a beautiful toe or like a hot tea. Oh, oh then. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, missed connections. Okay. <laughs> a note to Craigslist. <laughs> Excellent. I like that. So, yeah, we just like to start out the interview like real normal, you know. I saw you on the Werner bus. So, <laughs> what's the Werner bus? It's the one that goes to the grocery store over here. Oh. It's what you would see in Misconnections on Craigslist. Oh, be, I saw you on the I Werner bus. It. Okay, see, I had know. a misconnection there. I'm you like, were wearing a purple, purple scarf, you know, like Was whatever. Was that you, Wagner? Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, I've never been on the bus, but I, I actually, I was once having dinner with a friend, and this guy was flirting with him. And then, like, a day later, he, the guy posted on Misconnections. Wow. That like, I think you were with your boyfriend, but I really liked you. I was like, great. You know, you liked the other one. You know? Oh, so you, you saw so, it? I, saw, I mean, I was there when the misconnection happened. Wow. <laughs> but unfortunately, I, it wasn't me. <laughs> I, I just always... spectator. <laughs> I just always assumed that that was like a, a thing that people didn't actually connect on, that it was like a feature that people would check and be like, what if this actually connected somebody, but that it didn't. But Misconnections are endlessly entertaining. I would right. pull some up right now, but uh, my phone's in the other room. But anyway, I wanted to start out with a game called 20 Questions. So, Wagner, I know that we sent you a little overview of how this goes. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you 20 questions, and you have five seconds to answer each one and when you hear Did you tell me to go to the next one or will you interrupt me when you hear that sound <laughs> beautiful that's the next question sound now and i'm visually impaired so i'm holding this right up to my eyeballs to read the 20 questions here so this is very important tactical maneuver that's okay okay so when i say go you ask the first question and then wagner you answer it you ready? Yes. Okay. Go! Uh, ties or bow ties? Uh, no ties. Name all the Next colors question. you can think of. What are all the colors you can think of? Pink, gray, yellow. Next question. Purple. What is the best movie of all time? Uh, iMovie. Next question. <laughs> why, do movie, why do birds sing? Uh, every time Next you're here. Question. How many fingers am I holding up? Next question. What is the most beautiful place in the world? Hamtramck. Your favorite. Good choice. My favorite. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. Your favorite Disney princess. I don't believe in Disney princesses. Good, good, good choice. Good, good choice. Good Do you like the sound of slide whistles? Uh, not. I don't dislike it. Okay. Can there, you expand on that a little bit more? Uh, Just kidding. Next question. <laughs> your favorite pizza <laughs> toppings. Uh, sausage, Italian preferably. Good, good what, answer. What Next. is your favorite flavor? Strawberry. How are, have you ever met a celebrity? Yes. Which one? Right now. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is your signature dance move? Uh, something involving my booty. 
Booty, good do you answer. have a good answer? Do you have any pets? I have a cat, but she owns me. <laughs> yeah, same over here. Uh, what grosses you out? Uh, selfish people. Yeah, good one. Next question. Uh, which one of us is smarter? Uh, me or him? Uh, uh, I think, Next question, uh, too much pressure. How, how do you flatten a shirt? Uh, you don't, or you pay somebody to do it. Ah. ah where good. Where is Waldo? Waldo is looking for drugs or sex in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Are you tired yet? No, no, I'm, I'm, I, I had a coffee before. Oh, that's good. good. That's did, good. did you know this is question 19? No. Well, I did read that question was coming up, but I didn't know this one was it. But, um. Question 20 is, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. You guys are fun. Yay, that's Yay. 20 questions. You won. Wow. Yay. You gained a lot of points there. So good job, Wagner. Oh, yeah, wait. We have, a, we have a special guest here for you. That's a slide whistle through a mask. I like that more than I thought I would, actually. There you go. <laughs> now you know that the true answer to do you like the sound of slide whistles is what you just said. That was always the cheesy I'm, DJ cliche that they would have a cheesy noise sound because they, anyhow, I'm part of the cliche. Yay! So we have another segment here called uh, 10 Topics. We have 10 topics here on this piece of paper that you can't see. And uh -huh. you need to choose two numbers. So two numbers, one through 10. Uh, five and seven. Five and seven. So based on what we have on our list here, your two topics are knitting and Italian food. Hmm. So yeah. I'm going to look at the timer here and I'll tell you to go. You'll have 60 seconds to talk about knitting and Italian food. And you can't hesitate. And you have to just talk about these two topics. Okay. So is that clear? Let me know. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm going to look at the timer, and when I say go, you start talking. All right. Okay. Ready, set, go! I started knitting a year ago because my mother and my sister knitted, and I thought that, you know, it was time for me to learn the family trade. I like that it is something you can focus on without thinking too much which is very different from Italian food. You know, if you are gluten intolerant like I am, Italian food is just a, a heartbreaker because uh, you either eat and then you're sick or you don't eat or you eat stuff that is substituting um, that um, it's not as good. Although I have to say Metro Detroit, there was a great uh, gluten-free restaurant that had the most incredible pizza ever. It was somewhere around 16 mile or six, yeah, like Big Beaver, I guess, you know. Um, um, which brings gender into the conversation. It's a really <laughs> weird street name. I know. I think it's amazing. It's exit 69, as we all know. So <laughs> That's where they wanted to build the Hooters. Yes. Well, they had a Hooters there. Actually, I ate at a Hooters once. But uh, that was definitely something that I always brought people when they Time's came Time's up! <laughs> oh, that was pretty amazing. I learned that you're gluten intolerant. Yes. Awesome. How many points do you think Wagner got for that? I think that's at least 17 points. At least 17 points. Did you hear that? That is good. It's so. probably 17.4, 17.6, something like that. Things are looking good for you. Thank you. I did hesitate a little bit, but I think I recovered. Well, I, I cheated because I talked to you during it, which I'm probably not supposed to do, but we just threw that rule away extemporaneously. But you're so interesting and warm that it's hard to not engage. 
Uh, so you. you're doing you're you're kind of stumping us. Well, you're stumping me anyway. <laughs> my uh, my 89 year old second cousin Louise loves to knit, and she's taught knitting since she was a teenager. She's and she still knits, and she's 89. Wow, that's amazing. I'm terrible at it, but I think it's really um, something that's interesting to do. I get, you know, like basically, I have a friend who is uh, kind of like a doomsday person. And with this whole COVID and, you know, the past president, I was just like, oh, my God, what if it is the end of the world? What do I, I was have feeling to that too. if I survive? Right. So I was like, you know, because even though I'm an artist and I think there's a purpose in the greater scheme of things, it's kind of a useless thing. Right. Sure. I mean, I think it saves your soul. I, I can but relate like, to what you're saying. Sure. Yes. Yeah, yes. We, we felt like, emotions in this last year. Yeah, we definitely it, talked through it. Yeah. I'm not a good chef. You know, I can cook and stuff, but I'm not very good at it. And I'm not good at other things either. Um, so I, I like maybe I can make like scarves and sweaters for people in the post-apocalyptic world. So that was one of the rationales. But I also find it's just, you know, it's, it shows results. And like I can't um, eat sourdough bread. Aww. So like the whole baking thing is just like it wasn't something that I was going to get into. Have you tried Anything? Ezekiel bread? No, what is, is it a brand? It's, it's like a sprouted grain bread. I believe it is gluten free. Yeah. It's really, really delicious. In the world of all that kind of bread, um, this is one that we re regularly purchase. They have all kinds of good things these days. Yeah. You know, I mean, like ten years ago is awful. You know, you yeah. just had to like not eat. But back, back to knitting, one of the reasons that even made the topics list because it it kind of was reflecting you. We were hoping that some of the topics that you chose were already kind of about things that you know about. And mm -hmm. I put knitting on there because last time we texted, uh, we were talking about a knitting project that you're currently working on. And why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Okay, so I have this project that I, I titled it Left Listening. I like to have like multiple meanings in titles. So uh, I, because of this whole notion of knitting introducing to my life, I, I decided, you know, if I'm going to spend this much time knitting, it needs to have some sort of artistic purpose for it. And, but what am I going to do? And, and I've been questioning why make art during this, this pandemic and also uh, facing this whole like, um, you know, racial uh, unrest that has been going on for decades, but it has sort of come to a head, you know, in most recent times. So I thought, you know, I should be knitting and maybe listening to podcasts or some, listening to audiobooks because it's something that I hate doing. Um, <laughs> I like reading books, but I, I, I feel like it's a waste of time. So I, you know, maybe in, I'm not great at listening books, but I thought maybe this is one way to get two things done at the same time. So I, I, I researched some um, sources uh, for uh, anti-racism uh, books, and I have been looking for um, some of those titles who, sorry, that was my email. No worries. Uh, some of the titles that are on uh, audiobooks. Mm -hmm. So I have about like, 28 titles now and i'm on number five i'm finishing number five hopefully this weekend any uh, uh any favorites in your anti-racism uh playlist well, they're all favorites i mean like it's kind of like this is really hard work you know because the, the stuff that you're reading is difficult so it's not really about enjoying it it's more about like learning you know because you know i didn't grow up in this country and even if i had you know, African-American and, and black literature would not have been part of my education. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to sort of catch up. So like I read uh, the first book I read was The Purpose of Power, mm -hmm. which was written by uh, Alicia Garza, who like uh, co-founded the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. It's a really great book. Uh, I, then I read uh, Between the World and Me 
by Tahenizi uh, Coates. And there's a beautiful uh, HBO movie about that. It's just really powerful. It's basically a letter from a, a father to a son, right? And then I read uh, The Fire Next uh, Time by James Baldwin, who is James somebody James Baldwin. That is yeah, there we go. I'm sorry, go on. Uh, you know, uh, you know, black culture and queer culture, which is another interest of mine. And then I read, uh, I reread Maya Angelou's uh, "I Know What uh, the Cage, Why the uh, the Cage Bird Sings." Oh, uh, which, which was one I of the questions that we had earlier. Why do birds sing? Yes, yeah, but I, I read that um, like in high school. So mm -hmm. th this was the only one. And now I'm reading um, "How to Be an Anti-Racist" by Ibram Kendi. Uh, and then I have a bunch of other books. The great thing about these books is that they mention other writers and authors and leaders in the African-American culture. So a lot of the new books that I'm adding to the bibliography I'm getting from the books I'm currently reading. So the next one I think is gonna be by Audre Lorde, who is like, a, was a um, queer feminist, black um, cultural critic, so to speak. And then she has this short essays, you know, books. So anyways, I'm just trying to figure out. And, and so this knitting project is really, really long. It's like right now it's nine feet long. And it's, it's kind of like a scarf, right? It looks like a scarf, but not really. It's kind of like a scarf, but it's really wide. I would say it's about like maybe 30 inches wide, maybe, or maybe at least 24 inches wide. It's really, it's like this big. I don't know. I'm, like this is like that, that looks like for say, to, to listeners at home that's it that's exactly 24 inches uh, like in the, the, air the length of a paper towel yeah. roll maybe a little bit longer no, it, it's much wider than that it's, I'd, I'd say at least one and a half of those okay um, one and a half paper towel rolls wide and like i'm marking like uh, on the thing I'm, I'm marking things so like whenever i finish a book I, I create a little mark you know so you can actually see if i stretch the whole thing out like the things that i have gone through I also am, I'm starting to mark. Um, oh, how do you how do you mark? I'm sorry, I kind of missed that. You said you were marking the actual piece itself. How? I get a different color thread and I tie it or not. I, okay. So so James Baldwin has a color, and when you finish that book, you switch to a different color. No, I'm keeping all the same color, but okay. I uh, because I I just want it to be this one continuous massive beast, you know. Uh, and it's really difficult to change color, so uh, because I'm not very good, you know, and. Um, and um, I'm also marking, uh, I've marked two people that I've known personally who have died because of COVID-19. So they have entered this space. And eventually I'm gonna mark when I get my vaccine as well. Ah. So I'm trying, it's almost becoming like a, um, a calendar. And you know, one of the inspirations were um, those people nodding records from like the like Inca culture. Have you seen those things? where they, they tied little knots. And this is how they would record like numbers of things. And like recently somebody just broke the code. You should look, it's Kipo is Q-U-I-P-U or K-H-I-P-U. It's really interesting stuff. So it's almost like a, 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 sort, of a, a sort of a text that you can touch, you know? Okay. I like, I like a physical object as a marker of time. Yes, that's the thing too. It's like, you know, you know, how do we use our time, right? How do we waste our time? Uh, how do you like, account for time? So I also have labels that delineate how long each book took. So like the first book took 10 and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So and some books were short, like the James Baldwin was like three and a half hours, you know? So, so there's also that kind of stretching. And then, you know, the fabric itself, you can stretch it, right? The knit fabric. It's like, it's not something that is 
fixed or rigid. So I don't know. It could be that I, you know, I work on this for two years and then never show it to anybody because it's just kind of ridiculous. I love, I love the the statement behind it. I mean, the statement's in there after everything that you're saying about it. The statement is in there. The thing about a statement is you really kind of have to boil it down, right? Yeah. And you say it's nine feet long right now? Right now, it would likely be like at least 40 feet long when I'm done. If not, maybe 100 feet. Because, you know, like a 10-hour book will probably be at least two and a half feet. Yeah. So it just becomes... And then, like, of course, now I'm in that situation where I need to keep hiding from my cat because she really likes it. <laughs> Mila, so like, right? That's Mila. So, so like one of the, so it's like thread and labels and cat hair, like the, the description <laughs> of the materials. Yeah, it's like it. that with the cat and our microphone cables over here. Well, at yeah. least you know somebody appreciates your work. I mean, we do too, but clearly Mila <laughs> does as well. She's the, the the first audience member, yes. right? <laughs> yeah, she's really interacting with it. So we yeah. we've been serious for so long, and we are here to play games and accumulate points because I'm sure it makes you feel good to accumulate points, doesn't it, Wagner? Totally, totally. Cool. It's all about points. So our next one is the singing game, and I'm so glad that you agreed to do this because not everybody um, is a singer, but everybody can sing. So, you know, I had the option to not agree. <laughs> you, you did. That's why ahead of time, I give people the option to opt out in case it really makes them uncomfortable. Well, Even though like, our goal is to make people uncomfortable, but we rarely do because we're too nice. It's that pop-up window that has the little X to get out of it, but the X is almost the same color as the rest of the window. Yeah, it was a trick. Yeah. So, you know, you know I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, all, uh, the fact that it's not going to be a video thing is much easier because... You know, like, you know, there's more anonymity with audio. And I think so. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, you know, it that's is an interesting is. comment on radio or audio as a medium, artistic medium, because, yeah, uh, there's this joke that, oh, you have a face for radio. Ha ha ha. Because everybody does. You can be a head in a jar that speaks and nobody would know, you know. Yeah. But it is. Yvonne is actually a head in a jar that speaks. I, yeah. Oh, you weren't supposed to tell everybody. <laughs> oh, that's why we do, we're doing the Zoom calls and now people are blowing our cover. That is a thing, though. It's, it's, easier to be, it's easier to be someone else, wacky, have a persona and so on, when your face is not seen. It's, uh, I'm behaving differently now than when I'm giving a tour or doing something serious. Yeah. You know what's really weird about audio? And sorry for jumping in. No. Like, when I lived in Texas, I did a bit for NPR, that one of their affiliates, because they were going to interview me for something. And so I had this free interview with the uh, director of the station that was like an hour long. And then, you know, they used my voice for like those little things that they do on NPR, you know, about programming. And like one of my doctors recognized me through my voice. Like, so I went to my, she's like, were you on NPR? I was like, oh, shit, you know. So I did. I never, did he, did I he hope, hear you smoking on air? He's like, I told you not to smoke. No, no, <laughs> no, no, but you never think that people recognize you by your voice, right? You always think about your face. You know? Yeah. So it's super interesting how powerful, I mean, that's what I'm getting from like uh, my project. Like whenever I go test the book that I'm going to listen to, if it is like a robot that reads the book, I don't read the book. I go to another book. And some of them are actually the authors are reading it. And it's just beautiful to hear their voices, you know? Yeah. It just gives a different dimension. To hear the voice of the person who wrote those words. Yeah, I think it gives it a more whole and human experience. Almost like a performance, you know. Yeah, yeah it is a it's a performance of their work. It's it's what an author might do going to the 
YMCA in New York and reading from the book, you know. You know that one that they have in New York. <laughs> but there's only one, right? There's only the one. They, they go to that one. So we haven't really talked about much about um, Brazilian culture, and you are Brazilian. And so I think yeah. it's worth asking a question perhaps about, um, let's say, Brazilian food or music, and you have 30 seconds. Wait, was it 30 what are seconds we doing? that we do? To <laughs> sing about it. Oh, yeah, we're singing. Yeah. Sing, singing 30 seconds questions. is a long time. That's a long time. So take, you can take the time that you need to sing, to sing the answers to the questions. Do you yeah. have questions written down on my notes that I'm supposed to read? No. Okay. I think we'll have you sing for 30 seconds. I know it seems like a long time, but very much like the topics game, um, we'll have you sing about uh, Brazilian food. Okay. Or your favorite I, Brazilian I, food. Can I rap? You can rap. Yeah, yeah, that's, and, yes. And uh, <laughs> when we say go, you go. I, okay. So this is Wagner Whitehead singing to you about Brazilian food. Ready, set, go! Brazil, Brazil. The national dish is called feijoada. It is black beans and meats and other stuff. It's super heavy and spicy. It's yummy and I like it. Every time you eat, you have to take a nap. But you could also get drunk or have an orange slice. Uh, it takes more than 30 seconds to eat it, and more than 30 seconds to make it. It and has been more than 30 seconds, but I like your song, so I never uh, told you to stop. <laughs> beautiful and so cute i love uh, the portuguese language it has such a nice um tonality to it or perhaps quality maybe tonality is not the right word that i'm looking for but there's something going on with the way that the words are said that's so like cute and makes me want to dance it's very nasal and it's very melodic and that's what people say um, you did really well for not being a singer. That was actually really cute. I had a, a stepfather when I was in middle school. My mom was married and divorced a bunch of times, and he uh, was from Brazil. And I didn't learn any Portuguese during this whole time. All I remember from this is some of the food, which was uh -huh. lots of black beans and lots of pork, uh, and the music, which I can't remember any of the artists, and it was wonderful dance music. And he always wanted to go back to Carnival and never was able to. Um, which by, hopefully he's been since then so it's by been the 20 way, years we need we need help joe and i need help pronouncing gilberto gil am i saying it correctly gilberto but like the o sometimes sounds like a u so gilberto gil 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 gilberto gilberto gil gil yes all right okay good like l it sounds like a u in portuguese okay got you because we included some Gilberto Gil in our music set we have a music show called Waiting for Lunch and we asked you to select three songs for that uh -huh. show so this is a good opportunity to go into the three songs that you selected for the Waiting for Lunch podcast which you can listen to in a separate podcast uh, there'll be all the appropriate links there and mm -hmm. um, yeah so why don't you tell us about the three songs you selected and why or what they mean to you Okay, so in any particular order? Yeah, yeah. Any, any order you'd like. Any particular order. I don't remember what I sent to you. So I think the first one that I sent to you was Lost by... Um, 
what is it called, Boy Harper or something yep, like that? something like that. Um, and uh, this is something that a friend of mine just introduced to me. And uh, it's sort of like, uh, it's they're from Savannah, Georgia, and I used to live there. And, and this sort of like an 80s, like synth pop kind of song. It's super nice. Um, it makes me feel young. It's something that I'm, like, I'm, I'm one of those people, I don't know if you're that way, that when I like one song, I listen it on repeat for like Boy Harsher. Boy Harsher, there we go. Yes. I listen on repeat for like three months, like just one track. Like a piece then, of bubble gum that loses its flavor, right? <laughs> it doesn't for me, you know, until okay. like I get so like, like I remember when I had a studio in Detroit, like I listened to like this one like uh, 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 tango for like three and a half years. And like my, my studio neighbors, they hated me because it was like the same. <laughs> minutes repeated for like three and a half years you know where was so that, where was your detroit studio well, it's actually in ferndale it was in right Fern next okay. like like close to eight mile border was this place called uh, the balloon factory there, um, i had a studio space at the russell industrial center in 2009 uh, uh, and uh, a neighbor down the hall would always play ravel's bolero every day so i had a show at the uh russell industrial in 2009. oh maybe i saw you hey might have it was a bunch of me Naked with gold paint. I think you also had that show at Oakland University, if I remember. I had several. You know, yeah. I had several there. Detroit was a very great place to show art. Yeah. But anyway, so the boy, uh, Harsher, uh, uh, it's just fun. It, it just makes me think of like being young and being in a club or like driving a convertible and smoking cigarettes and, <laughs> you know, and just like letting the music move you. So I really like that song. I love driving with that song. I mean, actually, like, whenever I get in the car, I listen to that song and because I have the best stereo in my car. And sometimes I just drive for, like, 15 minutes and listen to the song, like, five times in a row. And I don't have anywhere to go. Okay, so the next song was Midnight Sky for, uh, by, um, performed by Miley Cyrus. And I don't know, it's just, it's, it, again, it has this sort of 80s, I guess I'm in an 80s kind of kick, you know. And, uh, and, and I don't know if you've seen her live performances of it. She has like a mullet now, like a blonde mullet, and she looks like super hot. And I was never a big fan. I'm just too old for her, you know? Like, I, like I was already an adult when she was started as a, a child star, you know? So I never related. Yeah, I knew her as Hannah Montana, personally. Exactly, and yeah, not me. So, like, she has this very interesting voice, right? It's very deep. It's very, like, a, it's just like the new, like, Stevie Nicks, you know? I so agree it's like really with that voice quality. I don't mean to interject, but that voice quality is what got me. When you selected the Miley Cyrus track, I was like, really? And then I listened. And isn't that song fantastic? Yeah, yeah, me and Joe it, really enjoyed I, it. And I just like the whole, you know, like, I'm, I, I was born to run. I don't belong to anyone, you know? That's sort of like a, a relatable lyric for me, you know, if you know me, my you know, pathway you know the, is in the midnight sky. Is that how she said it? Something about the pathway being in the sky. Yeah, it's the road I take. Yeah, it's the road I take. There we go. So, and, and you know, it's about like love at the same time. So I, I just think it, it resonated. It's kind of like, you know, there are certain songs that are like pop songs that just makes you want to dance, you know, and makes you kind of. I don't know how you all are like when I listen to songs, I see images in my head, you know, or I see memories and things like that. And and music always inspires me, you know, so so I, I just like the sound. I just thought it was really different, but really familiar at the same time. So I kind of like that song. Sure. And then the the last song is a song by this woman called Elsa Suarez. It's called A Mulher do Fim do Mundo, which means uh, a uh, the woman at the end of the world. Or the woman, or 
Yes, the woman at the end of the world. And and she's just an incredible character. She's probably like in her late 90s right now. And she recorded that song, which maybe is like five years ago when she was in her like late 80s, right? So so she's like an older woman and she has this incredible like history in Brazilian culture. When she was young, she dated this really well-known um, soccer player. And, and he was sort of like a hot, his name was Gahinsha. And he was like a hot mess and he kind of died uh, from, from drinking, I think, or something like that early. Like a, 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 and she was always blamed for his death. She's kind of like a Brazilian Yoko Ono. Oh, I was going to yeah, say that. Familiar. I was getting a Yoko Ono vibe, yeah. And she has always been really transgressive. Uh, like people would call her a whore, you know, and she's like Afro-Brazilian. And she's had like many marriages, like all her children from different men. And she was, again, always very transgressive. So, and then, so some of that stuff kind of comes up in that, um, in that song. So the whole notion of, of a woman at the end of the world is sort of like, you know, she's sort of the, like, you know, the, the, this, in my interpretation, she's sort of saying that she's the archetype of a whore, right? That is going to destroy it. So, so it's almost like she's fighting like a moralistic Brazilian society, you know? And then, I don't know if you got that from the song, but there's also some really references to like old Brazilian music, like the like in the beginning, that sort of like a little slow Brazilian samba in the beginning, right after the, the strings, you know? And that is like that kind of Brazilian samba I think is usually referred to what is called chorinho, mm-hmm. which means like little cry or little tears. Aww. So, and, and and that's like, there's this whole like melancholic aspect to Brazilian culture, which is, I think it's kind of unique. I mean, Argentina has that too, but in a different way, but it's more unique of like South America, more so than like Latin America, you know? Well, ha- so having, I, having heard that, having previewed that track and just hearing it without knowing the context, without knowing what the words mean, uh, it still had it still had gravity to it, and it still was delivering that emotional message even without knowing those things. So it's it's wonderful to hear the broader context of that music. And similar to the Miley track, the vocal quality is so impressive. Her voice, her voice is odd, right? It's not it's a pretty so voice. It's so odd. I it's would, raspy, almost yeah. like she's screaming, right? Well, I'm the type of person that loves the... I find perfection in imperfection, and mm-hmm. I'm feeling like you can relate to that as well. Yeah. You know, in the lyrics, she also talks about there's this whole concept in Brazilian culture, which is sort of similar to other cultures, this notion of like leaving stuff on the dance floor. So if you think of you like know, your that movie, shoes, no, no, like that energy, ah. like think of like, um, you know, remember the Matrix, like in the last Matrix movie when they're dancing, the, the, the raves, like, the infamous rave scene in the middle, yeah, okay, you know, that rave scene. And that's kind of like that. You go there and you just sort of like exercise all kinds of bad things. And she kind of sings about how in, in the carnival, she she um, she lives on the floor, you know, being a woman and being black and things like that. And so it's a very impactful kind of lyric, it's sort of like this sort of cathartic performative protest of being a woman and being black, you know. Again, which are like in many cultures, and especially in sort of machismo cultures, uh, they're like vilified, right? Would you would you say that there's a there's an analog or or something to be learned from from uh, the perspective? Well, maybe you can't speak from this perspective, but but in Af- Afro Brazilian culture versus African American culture, because you're just reading all of these books on social justice and all and mm-hmm. and race in in the United States. 
Does that square? How does that square with with uh, Afro Brazilian? Um, there are many parallels and many differences, right? You know, and again, I'm not an expert, so I'll speak from what I think I know, and people can correct me later. I mean, maybe but, it's an um, unfair question. I'm just saying, if they're an initial, well, no, like, uh, no, I mean, I, I mean, you know, there are actually more Africans, um, you know, stolen from Africa in Central Brazil than the U.S. So Brazil has a very large African population as well, and just as problematic and fucked up. So I guess the parallel ultimately is like, you know, European colonizers suck. <laughs> right, and they have really set up the stage for both countries to have a lot of problems, even like 500 years later. You know, I mean, both countries are so similar in a way. They're extremely large in scale. Mm-hmm. You know, they're you know, mostly either colonized by Europeans mm-hmm. or populated by um, you know, you know, people that were stolen from their legs. You know, like slaves. I mean, that's not an immigration. That's like a a kidnapping. You know, right, a right. From South America through the Caribbean up through North America, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, every place also killed the indigenous population, right? So there's all those parallels. But then, you know, there are different influences, right? You know, we have more Portuguese and Dutch influence, and here's mostly, like, English, you know, and, and German. So so th- those are the differences. But I, I think, you know, in terms of oppression, uh, yeah, it's different, but equally as fucked up. Okay. You know, and in both need to change. Were those sounds you getting points? Yeah, those those were just spontaneous points for the good conversation. Yeah, That's the, th- thank you very much, uh, Wagner. For... I don't know how to turn off my email. Uh, no, leave it on. No, It'll no, give no, you more we points. Like it. We like It'll it. Give Every you more time points. we hear that sound, point for you. Yeah. Um, so earlier in the show... Actually, if you give out your email address, if we were live, people could send you more points during the show, but we're th- not. They so. could. Sorry, we didn't set it up that way. We don't want you to win. Or do we? No, you've already won. Why win when you've already won? Why win when you've already won? So earlier in the show, we asked you for an adjective, two nouns, and then an adjective noun, right? Because, uh, Joe, why don't you go into why why we're going to do this segment? I think you remember. Because... because, uh, Avon has has a history and knows a little bit about you, and I don't know you or your work, so I was on your website and I was which reading. Which is wagnerwhitehead.com. That's the one I was on. I was on that website. Right? It's .com, right? Yes. Okay. And it's Wagner with a W or a V? V. Oh, with a V. Good. And Whitehead with a W. Yeah, VW. Okay. Yeah. And, and there was. And, and, and what? There, there wasn't an artist statement yet up there, so we yeah. thought that we could. Help you. Help. We want to help you. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a general. We got a general artist statement here, and uh, this is how it goes based on the words that you gave us. It's just very general, but it could help you, you know, really lift off into the artist statement that you do use for your site. And if you do use it, we uh, we do accept check. Um, <laughs> All right, you right. Give me some slide whistle for this. Okay, all right. Here comes. This is the uh, Kresge Arts uh, Organization's uh, slide theme. Official slide theme. (laughs) In my art, I like to capture the great in monkey objects and snow. Different mediums allow me to express missed connections. There we go. That's it. Artist artist statement. And. Except for the monkey in the snow. Monkey in the snow. Which I still have to reconsider how I can incorporate that. So it's not totally out. But the, the, the notion of exploring missed connections is totally what my work is about. It because is actually. Like, yeah. 
So what is the likelihood then of you possibly even <laughs> using uh, uh, even elements of this artist statement that we just uh, provided for you? Uh, if it involves money, zero chances. Oh, okay, yeah. No, we, we were just but kidding I, I, about the check thing. <laughs> oh. Well, it might be better if there's avant-garde music with it. In my art, I like to capture the great in monkey objects and snow. Different mediums allow me to express mixed connections. What do you think of it now? Fine, I'll write you a check. Fine, fine. <laughs> Okay. It's okay if you still don't use it. That's all right. That's all right. We'll, we'll still direct people to 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 wagnerwhitehead.com. Well, yes, wagnerwhitehead.com. That's where we can totally see. Totally that my artist statement is not up yet. Thank you so much. I'll work on it this week. Yeah, you're busted. And now we made him feel bad. No, I hope we didn't make you feel bad. I think that you have so much to say about what you're doing, especially when you're talking about the knitting project that you're doing. There's so much there. It's so robust. It's more than just an object. It redefines an object. That's why I am kind of getting teary, but I'm so glad to be speaking to you, Wagner, because oh. you always help me step back. And I knew coming into this that you bring a certain element, a certain mood and certain insights that I'm not always latching onto unless you're there or unless I think of you, you know. So you've definitely this is from a former student to a teacher. Um, um, that you've left that you've certainly left that impact on me. Thank you. And you know, um, the longer I teach, the more I know that I learn as much from you all as I, I pass it on to you. And I think, um, you know, your particular class, it was such a special group. You know, I was so young in my career back then. So I had a lot of, I had less filtering, so to speak. And I think we're super Love that about you. Love that about you. They were such wild classes, weren't they? I mean, yes. It seems like a different lifetime, really, you know? And um, You were the reason I ever got any artwork into a gallery show. Yes, it was a student show, but to have that feeling. It, of em awesome. You empowered me, specifically, and others in that class to know what that, to get a taste of what that feels like for an artist. And, and you've led a creative life ever since, you know, and that has been the most fulfilling part of following your, your you in social media. And, you know, we've, we've met a few times since you graduated, but mostly through the internet. It's like, you know, you've always been creative. You know, you've, you've never let that part of you die, you, you know, and like so many people do for whatever reason, and I'm not judging them, you know, but you, uh, you, you've you kept it, you made it like a center portion of your life, you know, and you've accommodated or adjusted your life to support that. And that is just, just super awesome. So, so kudos to you and then to meeting you know, like-minded people like Joe. I mean, Joe, I've known for a very, very long time. Yeah, so that's great. You know, to keep these connections because, you know, that makes life more interesting. You know, life is so hard, as you know, right? Yeah. And and for other people, are even harder than it is for us. And and, and if if anything, if art can bring joy, you know, and, and and then this idea too of you know, we are here for a short period of time, even if we live a hundred years, and. You better, you better make it mean something, right? Yeah. Yeah, purpose is really uh, really the, the meat of the matter. This is, this is the same yeah. conclusion that I came around to over the course of the last year because I, you know, I had a purpose 20 years ago when I was younger and I was making things. And then over the time, I kind of forgot about what it was. And nothing like, nothing like 2020 to, to get you to think about those things once more. And I came to a similar conclusion that it's something that one may do for oneself and one may do with and for others to 
create meaningful connections primarily, and it's and not about you, fame or selling things. You know, and if you don't mind me saying yeah. so, it's one of the reasons why we're doing this show, Joe. It's one of the only things keeping me sane through a very difficult time in my life is doing a wacky show on every other Friday. Yeah. Mildly wacky. Mildly wacky. This is very serious compared to what the usual, but, but this is wacky. But, you, plenty but wacky. you win. You get a thousand points for not only um, doing a great job <clears throat> on the games that we played with you today, which, by the way, thank you. Um, you totally stumped me with how amazing uh, you are under pressure. and um, But also for giving us this element of like learning about how how to how art is a meaningful thing in life and different ways and and by describing your projects you know um kind of cluing us into what that may mean well thank you thank you so much for reaching out for doing the show for being you and and keep doing it you know and and keep keep connecting with people it, you know uh it's not easy but it's also vital at the same time you know and, and sometimes um we don't know why we're doing it why we're doing it but you know i it'll be really interesting for you all to look back at these podcasts that you're putting together in five years and see what that means you know i, I i'm so curious about the future you know i hope that i don't get sick and nobody that i know gets sick because i want to look back at this time and see like what the hell just happened you know yeah. how could we get to this point and how do we get out of it, you know? So I think it'll be really fascinating. And I like what you said, Joe. It's like, this is a reset time and we have this opportunity. I'm super idealistic in many ways, you know? I still think we can change the world, you know? Yeah. And we put so much through the test this past year that, you know, this could be a good time to do so. You know? I, I think to we can change the world through through sincerity and, and sincere connections between one another. Totally, totally. Yeah. Cool. You know, and changing the world sometimes is just changing how you are with the person right next to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Start away. It doesn't have to be like changing the whole society, you know? Yeah, totally. Just be, you know, changing what you your toppings on your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Which um what were your favorite toppings again? Sausage? Italian sausage. Italian. It's really hard. You know, I like multiple toppings, you okay. know? Yeah. I like something like meaty with something like like black olives with Italian sausage, I think are a lovely combination. And I also like fresh complex, tomatoes. Complex flavors there. They really well, kind of get you. They're very astringent. They're like spicy, just like you. Yeah, but you know, I'm also really okay with like a frozen pizza every once in a while, you know? <laughs> well, pizza's a pizza, it doesn't matter. I never understood the, the war of the pizzas. It's just like, just eat it, man. Yeah. The war of the pizzas. Buddy's Pizza in Detroit, you know. That's what everybody keeps saying, but I don't know. You don't know? Have no, you tried it? I have. I, it's just a greasy mess. It is pretty greasy. <laughs> it is pretty. I mean, as you get older, greasy stuff is not something as enjoyable as it when you were young. Yeah. But supposedly, there's one Buddy's Pizza in Metro Detroit that is a real good one. Okay. And all the other ones are okay. Is that the original one on McNichols there yeah. in Conan? Yes. Yeah. Win-win situation today is brought to you by Buddy's Pizza on McNichols and Conan in Detroit, just north of Hamtramck. Enjoy, enjoy their imitation mural of Diego Rivera's famous art from the Detroit Institute of Arts, Detroit Industry. But in this one, in this mural, the people are making pizza instead of cars. Really? Oh, please take a picture and post it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's inside when you go in the Buddies there. 
And then there's sauce on top. And then if you're in New York, you've got many choices for Detroit-style pizza in New York, but none of them are buddies. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we concluded the interview when we said thanks, just so that you know. But, oh, yeah, this yeah, was over an hour yeah, ago. Yeah. I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel responsible for keeping the pacing. That's why I'm always like, oh, my God, what's the next thing? And, like, I've got my little notebook, you know. Well, we but, could do an official end by singing the yeah. beautiful theme again. Okay. It's, it's a win-win win situation, situation with games and, and interviews. interviews. It's a win-win situation, and now the show is it's done. done. It's a win-win situation with games and interviews. Every win-win situation is fun for me and you. Oh, hello there. Remember, you can keep up with Yvonne and Joe, a.k.a. Stashu and Joe, and their various projects at waitingforlunch.com. Win-Win Situation is presented by the Planet Ant Podcast Network and is powered by Pinecast.